We will give you one. If you'll hold your hand up, the ushers will bring you a Bible. We'd love to just give you a gift today. want to encourage you to get in the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Know the Word. Don't do any good to get a Bible and then put it on the shelf and hide the um, birth certificates in there. You know, uh, put it, your, some important paper stuff that you can't remember where it's at. Go home today, look through your Bible. Some of you guys are going to be rich. It'll be like payday. Oh, there's that $100 bill. Um, don't hide stuff in there. So hide this in here. Right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. A lot of people going through life banging into the wall because they can't see. Well, turn the lights on. Amen? Know the word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, get in the book. Let's stand together one more time. Hold your Bible up. Let's make a confession together. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Oh, that's pretty good right there. Right? I got what this says. What this says, I got it. Right? Say, I've got an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get the Lord one more hand. Amen. Praise God. You know God's got a plan for you, right? Can you, can you quote Jeremiah 29, 11 yet? <laughs> I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. The hope of a future. God, God is calling you. God, God is calling you to, to, to a collision with destiny. Ecclesiastes says, The race is not to the swift, the battle is not for the strong, neither riches for men of understanding. But time and chance happeneth unto all men. Time and chance. Time, that's a moment. Chance, that's not an oops, that's an opportunity. There is a moment impregnated with purpose that God's drawn you towards, and you're going to have a collision with destiny. Nothing can separate you from the destiny that God's created you for, nothing except you. A lot of people think, well, the devil can do it. No, he can't. I got news for you. He can't do it unless you allow him to. He can't do it. He, nothing can separate you from the plan of God. You might make wrong choices, bad decisions. You, you might go the opposite direction. But if you ever surrender to God, you're back on track with destiny. Uh, you, you know, we, we were singing this morning about amazing grace. You want to talk about amazing grace. That, that the love of God would nudge you back on track when you get off. That, it, that he'd reach out and, and pull you back up when you've fallen down. That, that, that God would look at us in any given situation and be ready to, to heal, to help, to restore. That's amazing. A lot of us are under the impression that, that sin has separated us so far and, and we've listened to voices tell us that we're no good, we're a big hairy loser and we're never going to make a difference in life and we don't matter. And, and I'm here today to tell you, that, that is a lie from the pit. Yes, it is. And your life is going to make a huge difference. It already is. But, but what God has for you, oh man, if we could see just for a moment the life that, that God has created for us to live. John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life. That you might have abundant life. Man, yeah, there, there's a force there trying to rob you, trying to, trying to sabotage you, trying to, to persuade you to not really know life. But Jesus said, The reason I came was to connect you to over-the-top abundant life. And it's sad that... Many, many people, multitudes of them, never know life. They know existence. They know inhaling and exhaling. They don't really know life. 
I think a question we need to ask ourselves is, what does Christianity mean to me? What, what, is, what is serving God? What does that mean? That means church attendance and development of good manners? You know, in some circles, that's kind of what, you know, it's, it's not that they shouldn't include that, but uh, are, you, are you certain that that's where you really want to stop? Learning how to, you know, get along with your neighbor, put up with your spouse, pray for your kids. Bless God, I, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. <laughs> uh, just help me, help me make it through the night. So, some of us, our Christianity is a really bad country western song. It, it, no wonder nobody, no wonder nobody that we know wants what we got. Because we're not even sure that we want it. Is that really what Jesus died for? Raised from the dead and went up into glory? Is that, is that really what it's all about? Is that what he came to earth? To do is to make sure that someday that you'd make it into heaven by the skin of your teeth. No, man, there's something, there's, there's something greater, something stronger, something, something more vital than that. And we, we have an enemy that recognizes the call of destiny. And he's doing what he can to keep us separated from ever really knowing and understanding that. Because if we ever saw what God was really leading us to, nothing would stop us. Oh, no. If you could see what God's got ahead. See, the enemy, so gifted, so talented at manipulating mankind and keeping us looking backwards. How many people struggle, are tormented by the past? I mean, tormented by the past. They've been, and, and you know, the past is, it was real. You know, I'm not, I'm not making light. I'm not belittling the pain of your past. I mean, people have been, you know, abused and and beaten and spoken down to and, and uh, failure and hurt and pain and sickness and disease. It's real. It's been back there. But see, if the enemy can keep you focused on the past, then you'll never recognize what lies ahead in the future. If he can keep you so distracted by the present, you'll not recognize the glory that God's pulling you towards. And the greater... You need to understand that the greater your, your, your revelation of the future... The, the, the more the warfare intensifies. See, destiny has called you. I, 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 I got to tell you, destiny has called you. It's not going to, it has. It has called you. Um, Isaiah 43, fear not. Uh, for I have called thee by thy name. You know, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine you know, he has called you, God has called you out of darkness into the marvelous light, out of the dark, into a place of revelation. And as you walk towards that revelation, see, when, when destiny calls you, hell begins to hunt you. Well, I thought if I really hooked up with God, life would get easy. <laughs> That's kind of funny. No, if you really, if you really get on the God walk, here comes an enemy. He's going to do everything he can to stop you. Your greatest satanic opposition is always right after your freshest revelation. Because, well, here's Bible for you. The sower sowed the seed, and the seed was the word of God. And some fell on that ground, some fell on this ground, some fell on the other ground. But immediately, in every situation, immediately something came to try to take that seed. 
Why? Because if that seed ever produces fruit, hell's in trouble. You know what the life that God's calling you to? You, you realize one of the things it's going to do is it's the, if you connect, uh, let me rephrase. When you connect to the life that God's called you to, you're going to humiliate hell. Did you hear me? I said you are going to humiliate hell. Have you ever told a real lie? I mean a real one. Not a little white one. A real doozer. <laughs> and I mean big, fat, hairy lie. And then people found out. Do you know? Do you, can you remember what you felt like? Some of you can. It was like today. <laughs> It was just this morning. Come on. Use your brain. You laid out a big one, man. You weaved it perfectly. It was so good. And then it fell apart. And you went, oh, crap. Excuse me. Second service language. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm not real religious. Hope that's okay. Remember how you felt when you were found out? Come on, you, you had something going on in your life you didn't want anybody to know, and you, you took years to hide it, and then one day, spotlight. <laughs> Oops. I'm just joking. <laughs> you, you know, you felt humiliated. That's how you're going to make the devil feel. When you take the light of God's Word and shine it into the dark crevices where He's been holding you hostage and lying to you for years. Been telling you that church is about attendance or about... Uh, offerings or, or about being good or about religion. Religion is, is I got to say, I hate religion. Religion builds rules and regulations for which we are to live by. And it's like, it's like creating hoops and, and we have to jump through these hoops to get to a certain position. And if it looks too easy, we set the hoops on fire. And if we, if the wrong people come in the door, people that we don't like, we add hoops and intensify heat. We do whatever we can so that only a certain group of people make it to where we are. You know, it's easy to, to become a member, but to, to go up to the next level, well, you know, kind of reminds me of, no, I better not go there. I hate religion. Some of us, that we're, we're, we're bound in this thing. That, that, well, that's what this book is about. This is about rules and regulation. No, it isn't. You haven't read it. You know what this book is about? It's about a God walk. It's, it's, about, it's about walking with God. Matter of fact, if you can wrap your mind around this thought, have a little bit of a paradigm shift to how you look at the Bible. The Bible is like a group of journals that have been connected together, and every entry in each journal is a description of what walking with God would look like in a certain situation. You know, for example, this is what walking with God looks like when the government tells you not to serve God, but you choose to anyways, and, and you read about Daniel who refuses to bow and is thrown into a den of lions, that's what walking with God looks like. You know, or, or this is what the walking with God would look like for a barren person. It would look like a song being sung from the most unlikely source. That's what walking with God looks like when you're going through a storm and you don't know what to do. Here's how you take the next step. That's what this is. This book is a description of what it is to walk with God. Some of you looking at me like, he's on crack. No, it's a God walk. It's a God walk. Micah 6.8. We're going to put this one on the screen for you. 
He has shown you, O man, what is good. Everybody say good. good. How do you know that when God says this is good, it's good. All right, this is it. It's good. His good's not our good. His good is real good. Okay? You and I might argue about what's good when it comes to chili or cornbread, but when God says it's good, it's good. This is what God says is good. And what does the Lord require of you? You know what that tells me is that there are some requirements in order for you to have good in your life. Okay? If you write in your Bible, would you underline the word require? If you don't write in your Bible, hand it to the left and grab the person's to the right and write in theirs. Underline the word require. Okay? Get this in your brain. There are some requirements. There are, well, I thought it was grace. It is. Well, I, I, I didn't think that there were, there were commandments, you know, for us. Yeah, you realize in the New Testament alone, there's 1,050 commandments? Well, I'm free from the law. That's what people who don't want to tithe say. I'm free. You know, if you don't want to tithe, don't say, I thought we were free from the law. Say, I don't want to tithe. Free from the law. If we were free from the law, we wouldn't have to forgive you. If we were free from the law, we could stone you until God you died. If we were free from the law, I mean, we could go on, couldn't we? We're not free from the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law, right? To, so that you could be positioned to live in victory and to experience to, what it is to be wholly alive. I mean, come on, don't, don't let the enemy sidetrack you with stupid stuff. There's a requirement. If you're going to have the life God's called you to live, there are some requirements. This is the, this is the map, man. You've got to get this. There's a requirement of you. This is what is required of you. Everybody say you. Yeah. Isn't it funny when we go to church and we listen to messages, we think of people that really should have been there? <laughs> I know people who have been in church their entire life and never heard a message that was relevant to them. They've bought tapes and sent cassettes all over the world, but God's never spoken to them. <laughs> no, this is you, baby. This is what God requires of you. That you would do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. You know, it, we're going to be talking for several weeks about walking with God, what it is to walk with God, developing a, a God walk that, that changes everything. But yet the, and some of the, some of the uh, differences are so minute that you wouldn't think it makes a difference, but it's huge what it does. It's a God walk. God is looking for people who will walk with Him, not looking for people who want Him to walk with them. So you've got to ask yourself, who's walking whom? Who, who, who's, who, who's, who's leading this walk? See, here's the requirement. You've got to walk with God. Well, let's get back up there and do, uh, do justly, love mercy. You know, until you walk humbly, you don't know how to do justly or love mercy. So we've got to start with the walk. We've got to walk right. Right? Because if, if we walk with God, we'll end up where God wants us. How many of you love God? I mean, you really love God. Well, the Bible says, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Well, because I love him, he's prepared some things for me. But you know, prepared means made ready in advance. So that means that before I got there, he put it there. But unless I walk with God, I ain't ever going to get there. I'm going to be somewhere. Are you with me? Let me say that again. Some of you are confused. He has prepared, made ready in advance. So on the 
trail that he carved out for you. He has placed some things for you along the way. But if you're not walking with God, you'll wind up off the trail, not on it. You'll have a different road. And then you'll get to the end of your journey and wonder, well, where's all the stuff that I was supposed to have? And God's going to look at you and say, well, you didn't walk with me. You, you weren't on the right trail. I want everything God's got for me. Matter of fact, I want my stuff. How am I going to get my stuff? I'm going to walk with God and he's going to lead me and guide me and direct me down the right road. How many of you have a cell phone on you? Go ahead and hold your hand up. Don't be, don't be afraid. We're not receiving them today, you know, doing a trade up, you know. But, you know, if you gave me liberty to take your phone and to spend some time, one hour, give me one hour with your cell phone and allow me to look at your favorite five, and your call log, give me one hour and your call log, and I can predict your future. Don't have to talk to you at all. I can just talk to the people you've been talking to, and I can find the strong ones in those conversations, and I can tell you where you're going to be in just a few days. Look at the people you hang with. I can show you scripture, but let's just get real. The people you hang with, you're going to end up where they are. You might want to look around. Young, young man, you might want to look around. If uh, the friends you're hanging with are one day going to be in prison, you can tell by looking at them, you might not want to hang there. Who are you talking to? Who? Here's a question. When you call your friend, now I'm not talking about somebody that's not your friend, but I'm talking about your friend. When you call your friend, would you rather talk to your friend or leave a message? You'd rather talk. Well, how come you've expected God to leave you a message? <clears throat> he can write a book and he can leave it on my shelf. And when I'm searching for the lost birth certificate, he'll have his golden opportunity. <laughs> See, if you're going to walk with God, you've got to talk to God. But you're going to talk to God, you need to learn to listen to God. You've got to hear God. Oh, hear me. You've got to hear God. We're gonna, we're, we're, in this journey, we're going to learn to talk to God, but we're also going to learn to hear Him. Really? Re hear God? I, I've had people say, you know what? People that talk to God make me nervous. <laughs> people that don't talk to God make me nervous. Well, isn't that a little bit weird? Isn't that a little bit strange, you hearing voices? First, let's talk about normal. Over 50% of marriages end in divorce. In the ministry, the percentage is higher. I'm not shooting for normal. Over, you know, well over 50, more like 70, 75% of spirit-filled believers experience depression, brokenness, heartache, pain that they can't get over. In other words, the absence of victory. You sure you want to be normal? You want to go through life depressed, broken, shattered, hopeless, but hey, I fit in. Is that really your goal? Not. Nah, I don't want to be normal. I, I want to be directed by God himself. I want to have a clarity that allows me to receive instruction from God so that when I don't know what to do, I'll know what to do. I'm not shooting for normal. 
Isn't that a little bit weird? Well, let me ask you this. How many times have you wondered, is that me or is that God? People ask all the time, I, I, I'm not sure if that was me or if that was God. Well, here's the deal. If you don't know the difference between your voice and God's voice, you've probably been talking to yourself way too much. <laughs> Worse yet, is that me or the devil? Now, if you don't know the difference between your voice and the devil's voice, you need to stop talking to yourself. Matter of fact, you need to never talk to me. <laughs> yeah, talk to the hand. The reality is, is that we, we talk all the time. There's so many voices screaming in life. We shouldn't be afraid of hearing God. We should be afraid that we are so distracted we can't hear God. Revelations 3.20, we'll put this one on the board for you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, open the door, I'll come in, sup with him, dine with him, him with me. You know, my life, I grew up in church doing revivals and camp meetings. And, and most of you can probably relate, but you can remember the old wooden pulpit and, and the sawdust trail, you know, and, and, the, and the preacher standing there and he's sweating profusely and every word spits coming out of his mouth. I like that stuff. It's electric. And he's, I mean, you know, beating on that wooden pulpit and using Revelation 3.20 and, and, and your eyes are closed and you hear this, boom, 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 God's knocking on your door. People getting up and running down the trail to the altar. Hey, it works. Problem, though, is that this scripture was not written to sinners. It was written to a church. Can you imagine God talking to the church? Hey, I am outside. Want to let me in? We, we get the knock. But see that next phrase? If anyone hears my voice. If anyone hears my voice, I'll come in and participate with that with their life. You, you know, here's the deal. You know why God is so absent in so many areas of our life is that we've never listened to him long enough to, to, to get, receive direction. We, we, we don't hear his voice, so he is not participating in that arena of our life. And what's sad is that we've learned to live without God. And we've built a religious mindset and, and, and we've, we've come up with some, some guidelines and principles and good manners, but we are separated from God and we are God's kids. See, if hell can keep you separated from the truth, then you, you might make it to heaven, but you ain't going to make no difference here. What happens when we turn the light on and realize, whoa, God's got a whole other level, a new dimension of life available for us, His children. And instead of us being humiliated by hell, we can be humiliating hell on a daily basis. That's the light God wants to turn on in your life. You know, we have to have ears to hear. Remember in the Bible it says, and those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. You know, well, we've got them, but we need to train them. The Bible says, for we live not by that which is seen, but that which is unseen, because that which is seen is temporal, but that which is unseen is eternal. In other words, what everybody else is seeing, what, 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 what the majority of people see, 
It doesn't really matter for very long. But what is unseen, not, not invisible, but unseen, that's the thing that really makes a difference. Most people ain't looking at it. That's why average just ain't so hot. But if, you, if your eyes were open and you could see what you couldn't see, suddenly you'd be able to do what you couldn't do because you'd know what you didn't know. See, if you could see what you couldn't see and do what you couldn't do, you could touch what you had never been able to touch before, and suddenly that which was impossible has now been accomplished. Oh, hear me. If the enemy can keep you paralyzed because you can't hear, you know, the word hear means to understand. Mark 4.24 in the Amplified says, The level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will determine the power and virtue that flows to you. That's why so many people can hear the same message, but only a few really receive power from it because most don't even understand it. We don't take time to understand it. We don't dig in. We don't, we don't take the Word of God and open it up and, and spend hours trying to, trying to decipher and, and uh, apply what was written there. We don't do that. We're busy. We're, we're busy. Let's be real now. We don't have time sometimes for that. That's why it's so vital that we learn to hear. So God, by His Spirit, can bring revelation. God wants to set you free. Well, the devil, the devil, the devil. I got to tell you something. You take the devil out of the situation completely. Pull him completely out of the situation. Half the church still going to wind up in hell. Thank you for that resounding response. It's kind of a shocker, isn't it? What? He, he just said half the church. I'm not talking about the garden. I'm just talking about, you know, in general, because obviously we're making a tape for people who aren't here. And you guys are cool. Okay. <laughs> you can't say that. I prophesy. I lay hands on the sick. I give to the poor. And Jesus said, in that day, many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, look at what we've done in thy name. And he'll say, depart from me because I never knew you. I don't want to wind up at the end of my journey so excited to see God and see God look at Jesus and Jesus talking to the Holy Spirit and, and overhear them say, who's that? Too late. <laughs> we need to hear God now. Some of the voices that you've heard, you're a loser. You're never going to make it. You'll never succeed. Might as well get used to failure. You're probably going to die anyways. But life is unfair. They always give what's yours to somebody else. This is the way it's always been. You're always, you know, the bottom. It's one thing. Well, those guys get blessed, but they're lucky. They probably cheated somewhere. Those voices that you've listened to for so long, they need to be silenced. Those influences in your life, they need to be broken. You need something that will shut hell up long enough for you to hear from God. Because if you ever, you know, put Micah 6.8 back up there. I, 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 want, I want to show you something. Check this out. The Lord requires of you. You know the problem? Most of us don't know who you is. When we, when we look in the mirror, we don't see the you he's talking to. We see something else. When we think of ourselves, we... See, 
you got to get this. God, God, when he's speaking into your life, he's speaking to an overcomer. He's speaking to a person of victory. He's speaking to somebody who is, who is on their way up and on their way over and who's going to demonstrate that enemies defeat on a daily basis. He's speaking to people who will not cave in. He's speaking to people who, who have the strength to go for the goal. And you see yourself as, well, I guess this is the way it goes. Find a support group and die. Ah, you got to see who you are. You got to see yourself the way God sees you. You need him. You, you know, Jesus made this statement. He quoted in Luke, he quoted Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me. By the way, God does not release anointing without a purpose. If you're praying for more power and not getting it, can I explain to you why? You don't need it. If you use the power you had right now, you could blow the lips right off the front of your face. You, you've got enough power. You, you've got enough power. You, you do not need more power. Okay? You don't. You're dangerous right now. Okay? You, you don't need more power. You need more gospel. You need more revelation. Jesus said the anointing is upon me because, because he has, he has anointed me. He has equipped me. He has qualified me. He has endorsed me. He has infused me with a purpose. And that purpose is to bring good news to people who are in need. Well, why hanky moment? Because we are in need. He has, he has released me to heal the brokenhearted. That's good right there, guys. That's good. His purpose is to heal the brokenhearted. And you might think, well, I'm not brokenhearted. I'm not sitting in a corner crying. I'm, I'm not, you, you know, and on, can I be honest? That, that's kind of how I used to look at brokenheartedness. I thought somebody must be bawling somewhere and, you know, and we, we'll... You know, pray for him or something. You know what? The word broken heart means broken, obviously, is dismantled. Heart, thoughts and feelings. That your thoughts are not together with his. You understand the power of agreement? See, to walk, Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? If we're going to walk with God, we'll have to get into agreement with God. But see, what we've done is we've agreed with the voice that said we weren't good enough. We've agreed with the voice that said that we'd never get it. We've agreed with the voice that said we were losers. We've agreed with every voice except his. And he came anointed to bring your heart back together again. So that you could be wholehearted. If your heart is broken, then your heart's not whole. And God wants you to be wholehearted. You've got to ask yourself, how many things in life are you really wholehearted about? Jesus said, I've come to put you back together again, man. I'm going to give you a whole heart. I'm going to make you wholly alive, not sort of alive, not, not knowing about life, not just smelling it, to, you know, not just you know, getting a little taste, but you actually having an appetite that is daily satisfied of life. He said, I, 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 I'm on assignment to open blind eyes, to unplug stopped ears, to cause the lame to walk and, to, and the dead to live again. Think about it. All the times Jesus touched something. What happened? Anytime in the book there's an encounter with Jesus. Well, this is, this is what it looks like when you're walking with God and have a collision with life. Jesus said, I am life. Here's what it looks like to, to walk with God and, and collide with life. Blind eyes are open. Deaf ears can hear. Lame people walk. Dead rise again. Total restoration. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like to have an encounter with Christ. 
See, before we can really walk with God, before we're really going to be skilled at hearing God, first we must be healed by God. We must be made whole. I said we must be made whole. You know, God's purpose isn't simply to heal you. That's why hell is so hot, to hunt you. If it was just about you and you were going to be whole, and that's it, it probably wouldn't be such a warfare. But, see, your wholeness is going to be so abundant that you're bringing wholeness to hurting humanity. That's why hell hunts you so heavily. You don't see you, but hell does. They're having a meeting in hell right now. And they're going, what are we going to do if they flip the switch and turn on those lights? Well, you better get up there and you better wreak some havoc. Some of you are sitting here right now and you're thinking, well, this is for everybody but me. Or, or your mind is just being bombarded with, I wonder what the special is at Dairy Queen. I wonder if I was really nice to Mr. Smith if he'd give me a discount coupon for Espresso World. wonder when they're going to flash my kid's number on the screen so I can escape. I've told them to turn that off today. No, just kidding. <laughs> we need to get healed, guys. I think the first step in healing is admitting you need it. We can ask anybody on your favorite five. They all know. Every relative you have is praying for you. Unbelievers that live in your neighborhood are believing God. That someday you'll be made whole. Everybody wants it except you and hell. Could it possibly be you're in agreement with the wrong crowd? If you're here today and, you're, and, and your thought process is, well, I don't know that there's any area of my life, I'm going to suggest that maybe you're in agreement with the wrong voice. Because if Jesus came to heal, but you don't need healing, then you didn't need him to come. And I've got to be the first one to tell you, you ain't that good. We need him to heal us. What we're going to do is we're going to get ready... We're going to partake of communion to get together today as we close. And a matter of fact, I want the worship team to come back up and get ready. And ushers, go ahead and get the emblems, get ready. And, and we're going to sing while they pass it out. And, uh, and, and by the way, you know, when you, when you receive the emblems, just hang on to them. We'll all partake together. But what we're going to believe today is that when we come to this table of remembrance, that God will be liberated, that he'll be licensed to deal with us in areas of our life that we've never allowed him to go before. I'm going to ask you to ask God to speak to you. Take the light. Shine it into the dark places. Show me areas of my life. You know, relationship is always used to take you to another level. But it always has a purpose. Adam, God looked at Adam and he said, you, you know, think back. It is good. It, it, it is good. It is, everything he was making, it was good. But, but then one day he's looking at Adam and he said, it is not good for Adam to be alone. 
So he puts Adam to sleep and he makes Eve and Eve comes out. Why wasn't it good? Well, because Adam's connected to me, but he's not connected to anything else. He's selfish, self-centered. He's got some issues that need to be dealt with. So in order to deal with those issues, what did God do? He created a new relationship for Adam. So think of it this way for just a minute. Relationship is always designed to bring the issue to the surface so that you can deal with it. It's really not what's in Eve. It was what was in Adam so that it could come to the surface so Adam could grow. You have relationships right now that are under attack. You feel like you're in warfare. But really, it's not the other person and everything that's going on in them. It's what's in you that needs to be brought to the surface so that you can be made whole. You don't think that there's any room in your life for healing? Trust me. Everybody knows there is. Realize that God's trying to make you whole. Well, they keep saying things and it keeps hurting me. Well, then get healed and it can't hurt. You know what? I'm in a battle. So are you. And there are days when sparks fly. We need to have wisdom to stop and realize, well, that guy's in a battle today. He's having a struggle today. I need to pray for him today. And then stop and say, and by the way, God, I've been so moved by, in a negative way by, by what they said or what they did. I need you to... Show me where the, I need to heal that. You need to, I need to give you freedom to go in there and heal that so that I wouldn't be so, so moved by pain. I, I need to See, if I'm moved by pain, then I won't be motivated by healing. I'm supposed to be carrying healing into these cities, not my pain. You're supposed to be bringing deliverance into the city, not, not your bondage. So you hold those emblems while we sing. You Just close your eyes and... You can listen, you can sing, but, but try to hear God show you what he's going to heal when you partake of these emblems today. This ain't going to be normal. This is going to be awesome. Because uh, you might have came in broken, but you're going out whole. Amen? You ready? Come on, guys, do it. <laughs> 